Vegas takes over. Smith comes out to the neutral zone. Deals right. Marcia fires. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marcia Four to two Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. The Golden Knights, the victors again last night in the shootout. Defeat San Jose, and we've got a lot to get to here. Wallace out on the homestead, Millard out at his estate, and Chapman inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Kind of still getting my head around all the love between the Golden Knights and the San Jose Sharks last night at T-Mobile Arena. It, it, it was like nothing ever happened before, yeah. or it was just we, we looked into the men in black little flash, and we, <laughs> we forgot everything. I mean, there, were, there was a couple of moments during the game, but yeah. really, uh, from, from start to finish, you wouldn't have thought that the, the San Jose Sharks were the biggest rival. Uh, and, and Patrick Marlowe has brought the two Western Conference teams, uh, the two Pacific Division teams in normal years, the two Western Division teams this year, together. Yeah, I mean, Patrick Marlowe is kind of that great equalizer, that great uniter of, of sorts. And you know, a lot of it, I think, has to do with the fact that Patrick Marlowe, when this rivalry was at its height, he was not a member of the San Jose Sharks. So I think that that kind of softens the blow a little bit. But really, when you peel back all the layers, what it comes down to is respect. And in this league, respect is earned. And with 1,768 games, Patrick Marlowe had earned the respect of every single person in that building and every single person on the ice. And that's really what shone through last night for me. We'll look back uh, in great detail uh, what Patrick Marlowe accomplished last night. Uh, we'll bring you some of his comments. And he was very gracious uh, and uh, complimentary to the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, both players, coaching staff, and the organization for how they helped bring uh, his family uh, into the fold, allowed them to watch the game, friends uh, as well, and made it uh, a really memorable evening uh, for really what it deserved to be. And uh, covid certainly scaled it down but but Patrick Marlowe's comments in just a little bit the game itself featured uh, another two nothing deficit uh, really what was predicted in the sense from from Pete DeBoer at the start of, of yesterday fearful that playing your sixth game in nine nights coming off a back-to-back that they were going to have to survive get through the opening period and it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't that switch that was flipped that we've seen in in past games Ryan but really just a team that grinded through a very difficult situation and found a way to get two points. You know, for me, it's it's interesting because we've talked about at various points uh, in the season with the Golden Knights, their power play, and, and how there have been opportunities within games where their power play could bail them out, and it's let them down. Last night, for me, after 
being unsuccessful on the first two power plays of the game, the Golden Knights were able to take control and get themselves back into this game with timely power play goals from their captain. So a couple of things there. Your special teams do bail you out, even though you weren't able to come through earlier on in the game, and you're led by your captain. For me, the Golden Knights, if Mark Stone has a performance like he had last night where he just kind of shoulders the load and really puts his team on his back, you have a good chance to win, a good chance to grind them out, and the Golden Knights did exactly what they needed to do to win that game. I'm going to get into Robin Leonard and the shootout uh, situation in just a little bit, yep. but but yep. as far as Stone is concerned, uh, we, I'm going to do something here. I'm going to bring the Patrick Marlowe night and the event and i'm going to combine mm-hmm. it with mark stone and tell you how those two events could at the end of this season result in mark stone having his name on an individual trophy uh in the national hockey league with the year-end awards that being the selkie award for top defensive forward which goes to a player that can both defend but also has to have some high-end skill and be able to produce points uh, my criteria is you have to be in the top 15 in points to be eligible for the Selkie Trophy. You can't just be a shutdown person and and never chip in offensively. You have to be in the uh, in the elite uh, side of your team and in the top uh, section of the National Hockey League overall. So what happened last night is the whole world in the hockey world is tuning in mm-hmm. to watch Patrick Marlowe and, and set that record. Everybody, uh, whether you saw Gordie Howe play or not, the record stood for 59 years. We never thought it was going to be broken. Never mind, never thought it was going to be broken in, in Las Vegas. So right. everybody's tuning in in the United States, in Canada, Europe. If you're a hockey fan, you're paying attention to that. Uh, and, and what happens is Patrick Marlowe has a marvelous moment. But the game itself goes on, and Mark Stone, with everybody paying attention to this game, you watch it live, you watch the highlights, or you read about it after. What are you paying attention to? The moment for Patrick Marlowe and, oh, look at Mark Stone. What a great tip-in. Mark Stone, a power play goal. Mark Stone with all kinds of chances and, and playing great defensively with the takeaways. Mark Stone has 17 goals now. Mark Stone is, mm-hmm. is top 10 in, in league scoring. Mark Stone's the captain of the Vic. Mark Stone's doing this. Okay. Add that together. Your exposure for Mark Stone on a worldwide level and and break that down even further to every media member that votes on these year-end awards is also paying attention. The conversation on Twitter, on social media, Instagram, uh, with pictures from the event, uh, I, I go on through, it all funnels in a weird way towards further bringing Mark Stone to the front of the conversation when it comes to elite players in the National Hockey League. And while he's a winger, it also puts him towards the top of the Selkie Trophy. He was already in that conversation. We know that. We've been talking about it uh, for a while now. But it just gives him that extra spotlight that shines down on him on the biggest stage possible that isn't the Stanley Cup playoffs. And in a weird way, I think Patrick Marlowe's night further solidified Mark Stone's chances of being a finalist for for the Selkie Trophy. And I think it may, if he wins, that may be the little thing that pushes him over the top. 
You know, it, it's so interesting because we, we've talked about Mark Stone in these big game moments. We've talked about Mark Stone kind of, you know, having these these games where all eyes are on the Golden Knights. And, and certainly we've talked about the St. Louis Blues and Doug Armstrong and Mark Stone having big games because of uh, just kind of the audition factor of, of Team Canada and the Olympics. But, you know, for me, it, it comes down to when when this team needs something a little bit special regardless of the game and the game is important the game uh the the magnitude of last night was very much important but when this team needs a spark when this team needs something a little bit extra more often than not this season it has been the guy with the c on his chest mark stone has been that catalyst that spark plug for the golden knights all season long and i think what last night reinforces is that simple fact. When when Vegas needs a spark, they look to their captain, and he's been doing it all season long with great consistency. And I think that's really what illuminates for me is that Mark Stone is every bit the leader this team expected him to be, wanted him to be, and need him to be. I don't know how he did it last night. I don't know how Pacioretty and Stevenson <laughs> did it last night. They were easily yeah. the, the best line in the building last night. And there was a drop off there, and and I don't fault anybody in that Golden Knights lineup for for not having yeah. it last night, uh, w- whether it comes to dead legs or mental fatigue uh, or combination of both, uh, given the schedule that they've been through uh, and 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 winning all those games. But tonight or last night, it just looked like they were done. They were finished uh, on their on their last ounce of uh, of fuel, and in the third period. It, uh, we've been used to those big rallies in the third period. Uh, they yeah. kind of hung on uh, at times in the third period. Overtime is a different story. Uh, a jolt of momentum and, and energy and enthusiasm and gets a hold of you. But the, the one line that had it from the start to finish last night was that Pacioretty-Stevenson-Stone line, and they were able to execute in a pair of power plays. You know, it, it's... Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, that was the line that that really kind of was the catalyst for the Golden Knights. Mark Stone, we've talked about just how good he was in that game when the Golden Knights needed him. And, you know, for me, it's it's the timely power play goals. And and I, I look back to the first period. I look back to the Golden Knights not able to cash in on those early power plays. And, you know, it. Normally, in a situation like that, you get power plays later on in the game. You kind of expect it to go in a similar vein. But for me, it was just Mark Stone making a couple of plays, right? And and, and really, it was the second goal, just taking the puck to the front of the net, beating Martin Jones to that far post, making that play. Uh, that was what the Golden Knights needed. And they did just enough to be able to get to the overtime. And, and I'll tell you, like that five-minute overtime, was so so exciting. Chances on both ends. Mark Stone had multiple opportunities. It's a shame to me that he wasn't able to finish off the hat trick in that <laughs> overtime period. Uh, remember we talked about whether or not you just like buy in or sell out. Uh, uh, those two different <laughs> different analogies there. But uh, John Gibson got beat when when Mark Stone went. St- side to side so big uh, on the deke the the other night. And I said, you either have to sell out and think that Mark Stone's going to make that play. And if he scores on the backhand, well, good on you for changing it up. Uh, Because you can't go side to side with the way he brings that puck back and forth. And that's that's what happened last night. It was a simple case of the netminder in Martin Jones just 
just having confidence in the fact that he expected Mark Stone to go back to that uh, the backhand forehand move and, and stayed right with him. It was it was impressive piece of goaltending. Martin Jones was good last night, but but Mark Stone his he's made a couple of plays recently in the neutral zone that ha- have wowed me. And I'm not going to put him in the same category as Gretzky, but it's similar in the sense of how Gretzky was able to slow the game down. And mm-hmm. and find ways, Patrick Kane to to a similar uh, extent where everybody's going a million miles an hour, and they just slow down, take a look, and there's no rush in in making a play. He Mark Stone did it last night. Took a puck uh, off his skate, his right skate, going mm-hmm. up the ice down the middle of the ice, and instead of just chipping it in. As he kicked it up to his stick, just slowed right down, almost like a, like a snowplow in the uh, on, on the bunny hill, and everybody else <laughs> went past him, looked around, and then chipped a puck to to Max Pacioretty, who went in alone for for a great chance. Like, who does that? Who has the confidence in the in the middle of the ice with uh, eleven uh, people all around you, uh, counting counting the goaltenders, and and just this frenetic pace? And he snow plows, takes a look, and waits for everybody to catch up. And it it, it blew my mind that in the middle of, and, and I'm watching from two sections up and I can't yeah. believe that he's he's able to have that pace. Never mind the speed at which it's actually happening at, at ice level. Uh th- that more than the goals wowed me. The goals are important. That <laughs> goes sure. without saying. But boy, the the ability to slow the game down and look at the game at a different speed than everybody else has been the most uh, impressive uh, part of Mark Stone's game this year. Well, he's he's like a composer, right? Like he plays with tempos, he plays yeah. with cadences. He's able to kind of spot where the pressure is going and what's coming behind him, and he's able to put his teammates in advantageous positions. Like uh, not in terms of of his top flight speed but not much different from Connor McDavid when he's trying to determine when to use the afterburners when to slow things down when to kind of knock the defenders off balance by playing with that tempo and Mark Stone just thinks at that level and he's able to play with it off off of Chandler Stevenson's speed off of Max Pacioretty's speed and what those other players on the ice are doing it's masterful in that he's able to do that in real time at ice level. Connor's getting better at it. He, he's developing that skill. Yeah, uh, I, I yeah. think in a couple of years, he's going to, to just absolutely be able to toy with people. Uh, when, he can, <laughs> when he can go at, at 70% and make it look like he's going 100% and then kick it into gear, uh, drop the hammer, that, that's going to be ridiculous. Uh, when it happened, and I think it, it's it's part of what makes Nathan McKinnon so effective is you see this big body, you think he has to be going at a hundred percent, and then he he goes even faster. And you're like, there's there's no way that body can go <laughs> any faster, and and he just went by me. Wow. Uh, and and Mark Stone uh, plays with speed, not necessarily his own speed as much yeah. as the game speed, which is if you can do it, is even more effective. 
uh, and and what we've uh, witnessed out of uh, being able to delay the game and for Chandler Stevenson to come flying up with that center ice drive or, or or wait at the line and give Max Max Pacioretty a little bit of a momentum when he crosses the blue line, it's it's a huge factor. And uh, I I love everything about Mark Stone. But the most illuminating part was is just how his his playmaking and being able to see the ice, his vision on the ice, has gone to a level that uh, that I've I've very very uh, rarely seen in the National Hockey League from a player. Uh, and I didn't I didn't think he had that much growth uh, because it's it's on such a different level. Yeah, I mean he's he's been so good this season for the Golden Knights and and just playing off of what his line mates do, what his defense does on the ice and and controlling the game in that way and and that that's, you know, kind of not even really factoring in the the plays that he makes on the defensive end, the anticipation that he has, knowing where the puck is going to be before it actually ends up getting there and using his brain in that way to disrupt a lot of what the opposition's trying to do. I I love watching Mark Stone play hockey. It's it's not about goals. It's not about points. It's not about any of that. I just love watching him make plays in the neutral zone, in the defensive zone, in the offensive zone. He just goes out and makes plays all night long. Hey, Tuck, by the way, is another guy that when he develops that skill of being able to vary his speed yeah. uh, is going to be even more effective. He's brilliant when he gets it going. When the Jets are going, but when he's how, coming, how about to, that hit? Yeah, well, that that too, that, and that's what I want to see more of. We all want to see sure. more of. Yeah. Uh, but on the attacking side, when he develops the skill of making it look like he's going a hundred percent, but he's only eighty, and and drops the hammer, it's going to be even uh, more awe-inspiring uh, from from Alex Tuck, uh, because it's just it. There's that that level there of, of being able to to really uh, give you a bit of deception without the, without the stick handling without uh, without all this the skills speed deception is uh, is is a skill in itself uh, I'm sure that Misha Donskov and uh, the the skills coaches and the assistant coaches are, are working with uh, Alex talk but it's it's a progression you got to be able to one you got to have the god-given talent uh, mm-hmm. and then you have to be able to have the confidence to use it and the the skill to be able to put it into play uh, the uh, uh, guts to take the puck to the net hard and we've seen that more and more from Alex Tuck. And then you add a, a, another layer to it. Yeah. I, again, it, when when it comes to uh, when it comes to, to Tuck for me, like it, it's utilizing that speed on the on the defensive end, uh, utilizing it on the back check. But it, you know, when I when I look at Tuck and I, I see him building up that head of steam, and I I see him take his his angles and. And, you know, I, I think you add that dimension. You add him playing with some tempo, playing with, with different cadences of how he's able to enter the zone and then maybe have another layer or another level that he can add to, to to turn that corner on a defenseman. And what he'd be able to do once that dimension is there within his game, uh, the sky's the limit for the kid. I, it really is. And, and I think that he's taken leaps and bounds this season alone in his consistency and also his responsibility on the defensive side of the puck. And then you see him throw that hit last night and how that leads directly to a scoring chance for Will Carrier. And I think that you start getting those situations for Alex Tuck. They start mounting up. That's another layer that he can add to his game. 
Uh, the shootout win last night, a little unexpected because it was uh, Robin Leonard and goal, and good on them. That was the 54th, 55th, and 56th career saves in the shootout for Robin Leonard and his 10th ever win in the shootout. He uh, does not have great numbers, very uh, honest about that uh, in the past. His record in the shootout is 10-25 and 25, uh, for his career. But I, I think we saw a little different approach from Robin Leonard. Uh, I'd be curious to get him off to the side and discuss it. Uh, definitely more aggressive on, on the last mm-hmm. shot when he came way out. Got a bit of a break on one of the shots where the puck just wasn't elevated, but his pad was in the way. Uh, and the the reaction from his teammates, it's not a first goal moment like Keegan Colasar <laughs> where we talked about how excited the bench was. But did did you see how enthusiastically the, the team came off that bench when Robin Leonard made that save and gave, gave the fist bump? It was... It was different than just a win. It was different than a seventh straight win where you're excited to keep it going. It was, he did it. Good on him for doing that. I, I mean, he made three the three saves, right? Like, I, I think that's that's kind of the key for me in terms of, of that shootout. He went out there and he made the saves. There weren't missed shots. There weren't guys that tried to deke around him and lost the puck. Robin Leonard had to come up with three saves in that shootout. And you know what? Again, the talent level that Robin Leonard has, the ability to play this position at this level, you know that he's got it in himself to find three saves. Whether or not the shootout is his thing, whether or not you want to look at his save percentage in the shootout, I I don't really care. He's capable of winning these. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's great. Oh, I love that drop. It's so good. The laugh is fantastic for me. But again, like, just I, 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 I can't really wrap my head around. Well, it's just, it's just an automatic, right? Like, it's just an automatic that the Golden Knights aren't going to win because Robin Leonard is in the shootout. I'm sorry, he's a battler. He's a guy that's going to battle every single time that he's out there. And he came up with three saves, and he got the extra point for the Golden Knights. Well, there's there's a reason why people will say it's closer to being an automatic. Uh, he's got the the worst save percentage in in the shootout. Like ever. totally understand that. Uh, totally understand so that's, that. Uh, no, nobody's saying he's not going to try, but the the stats do say that uh, that Robin Leonard has the the worst numbers in the shootout. Uh, so, being able to find a way around that and pick up a win, uh, I, I think is is a significant boost to this team. I mean, Robin Leonard's said in the past he wouldn't even mind if the coach made the change in the shootout and put the other guy in. He he's been that baffled uh, by by his performance in the shootout. So it's we're not saying anything he hasn't thought about himself. You make a great point, Ryan. He made three saves. His team scored one goal. Like, mm-hmm. It wasn't like Vegas scored three shots and, and he made one save and won the shootout. He made all three saves and they won one nothing in the shootout. Uh, and, and that has to, has to build up uh, some confidence in, in Robin Leonard. Yeah, I, I think so. And, and, you know, it's interesting because you made the point on the postgame show last night about the Golden Knights electing to shoot second and, and how, um, y- you know, y- you kind of play with that a little bit because most times you want to go first. You want to put that, that goal on the board and let the other team chase that shootout, put the pressure on them knowing they've got a score. 
I wonder what went into that decision. I wonder what will ever, you know, kind of get out of that. But I'll, get, I'll, I'll find if, out. I just haven't had a chance yeah. yet. They've got a day off today, and sure. I don't want to bug sure. the coach on the day off. But, but I, I have that circled in my book to, to find out what, uh, what went into that. Because, like, I, you know, in, in, in some respects, I think just not having anything on the board, just going out there and, and, and allowing Robin Leonard to make the first save and, and really not having the pressure in on, on, that, on that shot, maybe that's something that, that goes into it. I don't really know. Yeah. All I know is he made three saves. He came through in the shootout. And I'm not particularly surprised because, again, he's a battler. And I think that, you know, every now and again, you're going to win a shootout. And Robin Leonard did that last night. Let's talk through the shootout then. You go first. If you shoot first and mm-hmm. you score, you're full of confidence. Sure. Uh, as a goaltender in the other end. If you shoot first, your team shoots first, and you don't score, which is, the stats say, is is very likely, mm-hmm. um, then then there's pressure on you. Right. So allowing him to be, and I don't know this. Let's let's just talk through it uh, live on the air. Uh, if, if Robin Leonard said, "Let's let's let them shoot first, and and give me the ball, and I'll try and set the table and give give us the advantage," maybe, maybe that's the case. And and what yeah. happened? Well, he makes the save. Tuck goes down and scores. Uh, and it gives them an advantage. Uh, the other possibility is that that somebody raised was it was Patrick Marlowe and he was going to shoot yep. first, and it was it was his night. And I, I'm a pessimist at that. I I, I love our history, <laughs> and I and I and I love that that Bob Bugner elected to do that. But uh, I don't think uh, Pete DeBoer. I just I'd be surprised. Uh, I'd be open to admitting my mistake, but I'd be surprised if there was. Uh, okay, if we go to a shootout, Marlowe's going to shoot first, and let's let's give him. The, like, it's it's a National Hockey League game. I mean, this is this is the same league that when the Nashville Predators and the Golden Knights went to a shootout, and Malcolm Subban was in goal, the Nashville <laughs> Predators didn't put PK Subban in the shootout in a regular season game yeah. that uh, that like in the grand scheme of things had no history or anything on the line. Like it was a yeah. made for TV moment that puts you on every highlight show from ESPN to FS1 to uh, NBC ABC, uh, everywhere. And Peter Laviolette didn't do it. So, uh with with all due respect to the to the beautiful uh like storyline <laughs> of of giving Patrick Marlowe uh the the shootout moment. I don't think that that's as much of Maybe Robin Leonard decided that he wanted to try something different if they went to the shootout. Or was it uh, Mike Rosati, the goalie coach, who said, let's yeah. try something different. Uh, but I will, I will find out uh, about, about that. Uh, but it's interesting that you, that you bring that up, that maybe it's just allowing him to, to give his team the lead in the shootout instead of always playing catch-up in the shootout. Yeah, I, I think that it's interesting, and I can't wait to find out what uh, what you uncover there. But, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I You go back to that Malcolm Subban versus P.K. Subban shootout that should have happened and never did, and that that still is something that bothers me. It's still something that I hold on to. With Ryan, uh, I didn't even work here then, and, and I was screaming at the at the TV and throwing stuff around. It, it, it was it was one of the one of the 
most terrible moments in, in NHL history. It, we were robbed of, of a beautiful moment. Robbed, I say. I can't imagine what NHL PR marketing, the commissioner, the deputy commissioner, everybody watching that game were doing, going, this is awesome. What a moment. PK against Malcolm in the shoot. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. PK's got to be next. Well, PK's got to be the last shoot. PK's not shooting? Why didn't PK shoot? Was his, we couldn't, no. What? <sighs> I, and it's not like PK's not an offensive guy. Like, tell me. Anyway, uh, that's uh, that. That's why I I have trouble going down the rabbit hole of big moment. <laughs> let's give the player. Uh, let's let's play along with the. Uh, we we tend to actually shy away from those uh, those moments. Uh, seven wins in a row. Uh, we've got a lot to to get into with the Vegas Golden Knights as they are now sole solely in uh, first place in the Honda West Division. We'll uh, dissect what's coming up for the Vegas Golden Knights because they got through a really difficult, arguably the most difficult stretch of games, six in nine nights of the season. Mm-hmm. wasn't against the, the top-end competition, but fatigue was a factor last night, and they got through it, and they thrive getting through it. We'll also uh, dissect uh, Patrick Marlowe's big night, and we'll bring you some of the sound from Patrick Marlowe, the all-time games leader in the National Hockey League as we continue on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Kicks off the glass. Marcia so near boards. Couldn't clear the zone. Still alive. Meyer is in. He shoots. Glove save! Leonard, who was sliding to his right, reached back to his left. Brilliant glove save on Timo Meyer. And the game remains 2-2. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. There is another another tandem in the National Hockey League. You think I'm going to talk goaltending here after the Robin Leonard save? No, I'm talking about the radio broadcast of the VGK Radio Network with Dan Guva and Gary Lawless. Do they bring it on a night-to-night basis? Man, Duva could make checkers sound exciting. He is outstanding. <laughs> and uh, that save last night off Timo Meyer yep. when he stretched out. You don't see it very often because the gloves are so stiff uh, these these days, but you could actually see the, the ripple of the mesh when he made that save. It was by the last inch of his glove that he made that stop, sliding to his right and fully extended the left. And one of the memorable moments from last night's uh, 3-2 shootout victory by the Vegas Golden Knights over the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, I... Robin Leonard again, kind of early on in the game, the the two goals that San Jose scored. I think that he probably wants to play them maybe a little bit differently. Certainly that that second goal early on in the second period. But then it's about making the saves at the time of the game where you absolutely have to. And for me, Robin Leonard did that down the stretch for the Golden Knights, and he was able to keep that one within distance for the Golden Knights to come back and, and get those two points. I'm glad he didn't say he wanted those back because I, I always try and catch myself. When I'm about to say that, even if you if you make 59 saves and you allow one, don't you want that one back? Well, I, I think every goalie don't, wants don't them back. Don't you always right? want the back? So when yeah, yeah. Uh, when I'm I'm on the cusp of saying something like that, I'm like, no, I can't say that because yeah, they, whether it's a good goal or a bad goal, they always want a second crack if you could uh, have the crack at it. <laughs> uh, one final comment on say? Robin. Lent. No, no, no. You said it right. No, no, no. You, did, did I did I say play it differently? What, yeah, I, play I it differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah you yeah. were great. I, was, I, I liked what you, what you said. I was, <laughs> I'm giving you a compliment. 
No, just, no, 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 no. I, I just genuinely don't remember what I said. That's why I was asking. Uh, it was, it was, it was, it was well said. Uh, uh, but uh, just one more note on on Robin Leonard and the shootout mm-hmm. statistics uh, over the course. Uh, he he does come back with his tenth shootout win of his career last night. And I was going through the numbers, and there's a, a few guys. I mean, he's in the bottom end. We know that. But how about this? Robin Leonard has more shootout wins than a guy that I never expected. Like if I was going, if you were going to give, tell me, does Robin Leonard have more or less shootout wins than player A? And you told me this player's name. I would say, I'll give you, uh, I'll put $100,000 down that Robin Leonard has fewer shootout wins than this guy. And that guy is one, Dominic Hasek. No way. Yes. Dominic Hasek. Only has six shootout wins. No, no, no. Now I know what you're thinking. He was only in six shootouts. No, no. He was in a lot more than that. How about he was in 14 shootouts? Dominic Hasek's record in the National Hockey League in shootouts, check that, 17 shootouts, 6-11. and 6-11 and 11 for Dominic Hasek, a guy that owned Team Canada. Shanahan, Fleury. Uh, uh, Ray Bork, uh, Eric Lindra, in, in that memorable shootout in Nagano, uh, just absolutely in, in, in all-star games, ran the table psychologically in your mind. Dominic Hasek, six wins, 11 losses in the shootout, saves to goals against, faced 27 shots, allowed 17 only made 10 <laughs> saves in 27 shots. That's the great Dominic Hasek in the National Hockey League shootout. Oh, and man. so let's let's um, go easy on, or just a little perspective, I guess, mm-hmm. is, is what I'm trying to bring you when it comes to uh, Robin Leonard and the and the shootout. And uh, I, I'm I'm actually going to grab that and I'm going to send it to Robin Leonard and say, you know what, you're better than the Dominator. So keep on trucking. Ottawa and Detroit. That's uh, the stats with uh, uh, for for Dominic Hasek in the National Hockey League shootout. Blo- like when I started to go through it, I'm like, okay, so he's got more wins than Brent Johnson, uh, Curtis Joseph. Uh, I can see Joseph actually had a good record. He just didn't uh, appear in a lot of them. Kari uh, uh, Ramo, UC uh, Saros, more wins than all these guys. Alex Daylock, Anton Hudobin, Matt Murray, more shootout wins than all those guys. But Dominic Hasek. And Dominic Hasek was in seventeen of them. That's that's pretty darn good. You know, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say it one more time. It, it's uh, it's one of those things where I, I think we look at the numbers and we look at the win loss and we we look at kind of how it's gone recently for Robin and we say, well, okay, uh, it, it would have been nice to get the extra point. And I'm sorry, a, a goaltender at this level is is able to battle. He's able to make saves. Robin Leonard did that last night, and you put yourself ahead of Dominic Hasek. Well done. Take a bow. And, uh, you know, that, that's all I got on, on Robin Leonard. It was a fantastic performance in the shootout for him. We have uh, some sound coming up from one Patrick Marlowe in hour number two of the VGK Insider Show. It reflect uh, on what uh, occurred last night, 1768, uh, with his uh, number of games played. I love what the San Jose Sharks did with the, with the gloves at the morning skate. Uh, embroidered uh, with with the record on it, uh, the the sweatshirts, the hoodies that his family all wore, uh, the pins, the patches on the sweaters, the the mask that Martin Jones wore. So a lot to get into uh, with with Patrick Marlowe in setting the all time games played record. But 
the result went towards the Vegas Golden Knights. So uh, let's give our ratings now on what was an interesting, historic, fun, and thrilling performance at T-Mobile Arena last night using our VGK Insider Show copyright exclusive rating scale. So listen, it's not a a Bob Ross in in the traditional sense, but you've got all the history of that night. You really have to take that into account. And could the Golden Knights have played better? Sure. But for what they were up against and what that game needed from them, they were able to come through. You know, you you have a lot of, of opportunity for distraction. You have a lot of opportunity for, as, as you mentioned it earlier, Darren, mental fatigue in this game, along with physical fatigue in this game. Pete DeBoer talking after the game about how this is about as tired, about as out of energy, about as on fumes as he's seen this team all season long. And you're still able to pull out two points. You're still able to extend that win streak and take over sole possession in the first place. And you do it in a game where Patrick Marlowe sets the all-time record for games played, 1,768. Everything considered, it's a Bob Ross. It was a gem of a game. It was entertaining, and it lived up to the hype for me. What say you, Chapman? Well, I can't give it a Bob Ross. I mean, it's... they. Well, you can. No, you're not prohibited I'm not, from I'm it. I'm not going to. I mean... You're allowed to. Nobody's saying you can't give a Bob Ross. Well, in my mind, I can't because they didn't earn a Bob Ross. I don't think they played great. I mean, yeah, you factor in the emotion, but I'm looking from a purely playing standpoint. They didn't play a great game. They didn't play a great game against a bad team, but... I'm really curious to see what's coming here. Despite falling down 2 to nothing in that game, they battled back. Mark Stone put the team on his back like you have come to expect from Mark Stone. The two power play goals, right? Special teams for so long. We talked about how they were struggling on the power play. Okay, let's get to it because I'm really curious. I'm going to give it doing. a wine and paint. You were setting that up for a like a middle of the road. I wanted to yeah. go. I wanted to go finger paint, but I felt like the way Robin Leonard played from the time he gave up that second goal on was phenomenal. Mark Stone carrying the team. I mean, those guys are part you of. You did team. a lot of selling for a for a. So a so line hold on. Paint. So the so the history doesn't just kind of like nudge you in no. the Bob Ross direction. No, absolutely not. Really? Nope. Huh? No. He doesn't, he doesn't I, believe in history. I I no I or, I. I because it's history for San Jose. It's history for Patrick Marlowe. It's, it's history, no, it's history for the history NHL. The game. Yeah. I, I understand that. But the Golden Knights are still supposed to go out there and play a good game. And I don't think they played a great game against a bad team, history or not. That's good. That's fair. I, 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 I accept uh, some of your rationale. Uh, I, I'm going to do something different here. Uh, hmm. I'm going to go with a wine and paint. But I consider wine and paint in this case to be the five out of five. And Here's my my rationale behind that is wine and paint. Sometimes you show up, you don't know a lot of people. Uh, things are a little tentative off the start, a little slow, but you start uh, you start sipping a little bit, and everybody starts sharing stories, and you start looking over at what what they're doing, and 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 you gain a little little bit of confidence and, and a, a little bit of uh, 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 knowing the other people, and some some fun and some laughs, and that's kind of what happened last night. It was a it was a slow start, a lot of anticipation going in. Big moment. They give you the idea uh, what to paint. That was the Marlowe uh, uh, 
acknowledgement uh, from from Gary Bettman, and then it, it gained momentum from there. And there was some uh, some fun times with it. There were some thrilling moments with it, and and you finish off with with a victory, and everybody goes home happy with a pretty good piece piece of uh, of art and some some great memories. So I I think last night uh, it's a five out of five, but I'm liking it to to a wine and paint if I could uh, combine those two because that was. One of the most memorable moments that we will have as far as being part of the National Hockey League in Las Vegas. Yeah, that's 100% accurate. It's it's one of those moments where I think I'm going to look back at it and, and I'm going to relay to my children as they grow up and their children as they grow up that I was in the building when that happened and you could just understand within that building that everybody recognized the gravity of the situation, how historic a moment it was. It was so cool. It was so cool to be a part of it. Do you think your kids will, will listen to you? Because uh, the no. few things that I've been able to do in my career, and I, I tried to start talking to my kids about it, they were like, mm-hmm. seriously, can we watch Scooby-Doo? <laughs> really? Well, I think, I think you, you got to wait. Can you finish Pops? Because we watched... no, no, like I, I think I think you got to wait until like they're out of the Scooby Doo age range. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like you, Do you ever leave Scooby Doo range? Like I sit down in the mystery uh, no, mobile no, no, and no. and it's like still going. Those I would have got away without you meddling, kids. Like I I've never left the Scooby Doo range. That that explain that explains explains a lot about you. Really? It really does. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Huh. What's like, your I'm favorite not... What's your favorite cartoon then? The D Looney Tunes, more modern. Give me an idea of of where you were, uh, Special Agent Oso, Handy Manny. Mm, I, I mean, I don't, I don't watch cartoons like the kids. You don't sit down are, with the kids. I mean, like it's on in the background. I don't pay attention to it. Oh, I've done Scooby Doo marathons. I've done Looney Tunes yeah, yeah, marathons. No, like I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a cartoon guy. Like, I mean, I'll listen. I'll watch like all the Pixar movies, like Toy Story. Like, we'll go down that road. Those or are whatever, fancy but, cartoons. Well, that's that's where I'm silver at. Spo- silver Spoon cartoons. Like, like Soul? I still don't really know what Soul was about. I, like, I, I, I've Soul watched it awesome. a couple of times. No clue. Onward, fantastic. Onward, a fantastic cartoon movie. It was really good. Those aren't really cartoons. Mm, they are, they're... to an extent. I mean, they're cartoony enough. But, like, if you're asking me, like, what cartoons I actively seek out, none. I don't, I don't watch cartoons. What's, what's a cartoon no. that you'd watch if, if it came on? Like, if Ooh, the kids were watching uh, it. Would you, would you sit there and go, you know what? Uh, uh, Doc McStuffins is on. I'll watch a couple of those. Well, Doc McStuffins isn't a cartoon in the same way that Inside Out and, <laughs> you know, Onward aren't cartoons. So. You can't have it both ways, Darren. So what? what is it? Uh, Chapman, you've got to have an opinion on this. Listen, for me, as far as cartoons go, like, I mean, I suppose it would be South Park. But even then, like, that's, that's oh, me. You like, go if hardcore. I'm, if, if I'm going to sit down and watch a cartoon, it's going to be ridiculous. You and killed it Chappie. Would have to be. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, if the shoe fits, right? That's Chapman is Kenny. We figured it out. Can we? Can we? We, can we get that uh, that as a bit, but instead of you kill, you killed, and then we'll put in Chappie. You killed <laughs> Chappie. Please, somehow, let's get that done. Oh, before we go, Chapman, what's your favorite cartoon? I love the Looney Tunes. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Daffy's my favorite. 
can't get enough That's of Daffy. Uh, we have some good news of the day coming up. wonder what that'll be. Uh, plus, we uh, will reflect um, further on Patrick Marlowe by bringing you some of his post-game comments about the record-breaking night and one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League, stretch drive of the 2020-2021 National Hockey League season. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. It's time for the good news of the day on the VGK Insider Show. The good news of the day is brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union, prioritizing people over profit. And it's an obvious choice here. The good news is firmly centered on Patrick Marlowe. He played his 1,768th NHL game last night. His family in the building. The ovation from both teams last night after the game, nothing short of amazing. And when you look back and you think about this accomplishment and what it means to Patrick Marlowe, what it means to the San Jose Sharks, to the Vegas Golden Knights and the NHL in total, it's just something that I don't think anyone was really expecting to see. Certainly not in Vegas. But I will say this. In looking at that night, I'm so, so grateful. I'm so glad. I'm so happy that Patrick Marlowe's family got to be in the building, that they got to share in that moment with Patrick on the ice. And I'm so grateful that I got to be in the building too. The fans, fantastic. The ovations in the stands, fantastic. The fact that the rivalry never entered into the conversation here and it was just a showing of respect for an absolute warrior on the ice, fantastic. And I'll tell you this, I'm grateful that I got to share the radio with Dan, with Gary, with Darren. I'll throw Chapman in there too. On that day, because it's a career highlight I didn't expect to have, but I'm so glad I got. And that's really where I'm at. It's a lot of gratitude for me in this moment in being a part of history in the NHL. I don't know about you guys, Darren, Chris, but it was one of those awesome, awesome moments I get to check off my career highlight list. I like the way the uh, AT&T camera crew uh, caught the uh, the director, uh, David Dubner, uh, found Patrick Marlowe in the, in the hallway behind the bench changing out of yeah. one of the jerseys. He wore, he wore six different sweaters last night. <laughs> it's pretty awesome when you yeah, put it into little, little think about foresight. it that way. One goes to the Hall of Fame, one goes to yeah. uh, the Sharks, one goes to uh, Patrick, I guess, to keep, like, just uh, divided up. Kind of cool the way they did that. Yeah, it's awesome. It's really, really good stuff. Full marks to the Golden Knights, to the San Jose Sharks, everyone involved. What a beautiful evening. That was the good news of the day. Brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union, prioritizing people over profit.